Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world, one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 36, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Now, it is Gemma here with you today with our very special guest, Kristen King. And hello, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you, especially after our international time change adventures in scheduling this conversation. Yes, it certainly um, certainly took a fair bit of time to happen and time differences and daylight savings and all sorts of things going on, but we got that in the end. And just like you said before we hit record, it's pretty important to remember that we don't have to be perfect in our businesses, right? Absolutely. And this was such a good example because if we had to be perfect, we both would have failed that one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to have you here today. But first of all, can you tell us um, about you, who you work with, what you do and tell us everything? Absolutely. Well, as Gemma said, my name is Kristen King. I am based in Colorado, USA, in America's highest highest city in the country. It's 10,200 feet, which I think is about 2,800 meters for our folks using the metric system. And um, I am the Give Fewer Fucks coach. I work primarily with people who identify as women or as femme folks who are tired of using up all of their energy and their attention on bullshit that doesn't even matter to them and want to have a life and business that feels really authentic, that they absolutely love, and that is really, really fun for them. And so we strip out all of the perfectionism and the people-pleasing and the toxic positivity, toxic productivity, patriarchal bullshit, so they can do stuff their way. Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. Um, yeah. And tell us what, what you do, how does that support coaches? So a lot of my clients are coaches. Some of them are new coaches who are getting their business off the ground and they want to do it in a way that is not stressful, that is not overwhelming, where they can actually be like who they are instead of this sort of weird robot, perfect coach thing that isn't a real person. Um, So that's a a lot of my clients are there's new folks who know they want to kind of do it in a slightly different way and make their own rules. And then I have another group of folks who've maybe been coaching for a while, but the way that they have set up their business is very stressful. It's exhausting. It's a lot of work. It feels like it feels like they're, they're having to like put on an act or put on a face every day. And they really want to strip back all of the things that aren't them and work with what's left when they do that. So I'd say probably it kind of goes in and out because I work with people like six months at a time. Um, But depending on sort of what phase of the year I'm in, I'll have anywhere from like 50% of my people are coaches or are working on other um, like related types of service-based businesses up to like even 75 or 80% at some times of year. Yeah, I love it. So, so fun. And that's everything you're saying is everything we're about here at Freedom to Coach. So it's super exciting. 
um, yeah, to have you here, which brings us into what we're discussing today is about building your coaching business your way, right? Mm -hmm. And what I would love to ask you first, can you talk to me a bit more about like helping people strip back that, that bullshit and caring about bullshit things like can you give some examples of of the stuff that I guess we worry about and focus on that's just bullshit like I'd love to hear more about that yeah yeah for sure and and I I do I I, this is like one of my favorite things to talk about but before I share that I want to um sort of frame this and saying that everything works so if one of the things that I'm mentioning as an example of bullshit is something that you don't personally experience as bullshit because it's something that's really authentic to you and you enjoy it and it works great. Like, please don't take anything that I'm going to say in this conversation and use it against yourself. You get to do the things that work for you, even if they're things that don't necessarily work for other people or if other people don't want to do them. And that's kind of the point. So I just want to kind of offer that caveat because whatever you're doing, if it feels true and right, don't fix something that ain't broke. Don't change it. But if you're doing something that doesn't feel true and right, and it's a lot of work and it's stressing you out and it's exhausting you and you want to stop doing it, if only you didn't have to do it in order to have a successful business, please let this be your opportunity to write yourself a permission slip to just cut that shit out and do something you actually like. (laughs) So with that said, um, one, there's a couple of like really huge things that I hear from people all the time. Um, so I'll tell you what they are, and then we can kind of talk about like why they are not necessarily the like perfect cookie cutter solution that everyone thinks they are and why they're so stressful. So one of them is I have to have a funnel. I need to have a click funnel and it has to have all of these parts to it. And I've got to have this like nurture sequence with 75 different steps to get people in the door and, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's a huge thing that people come to me and are very stressed about, and it can be very expensive and it can be very time consuming and they don't even want to do it. So Mm -hmm. that's a really big one. Another one is a lot of focus on having like a perfect website. It has to be a perfect website. It has to be huge. It needs a million bells and whistles to have the right logo and the right fonts and the right colors. And it needs to be written by like a professional copywriter who pens their words with unicorn tears or some shit. And it is extremely stressful for people. And it's another thing that can cost thousands upon thousands of dollars that when you're like trying to get a business off the ground, if it's going to take a year and like a hundred thousand dollars to do all of this stuff, like not a great way to get some like quick cash in your pocket and like move things along the way you want to. Um, And then the other really big one is that people believe and find a a lot of um, stress, stress and angst in this belief that their marketing has to be very professional. Mm -hmm. It has to be packaged. It has to be said the right way. It has to be very perfect. They can't show their personality. They can't, Um, use humor. They can't bring these things in. If there's a hair out of place or if there's a typo or something like that, then the world has ended. And not only does it have to be perfect, but it has to be perfect. And they have to be marketing and on social media and all this stuff, like 24 hours a day. And that is very stressful and very time consuming and can also be very expensive because if it has to be really perfect, then you need to like hire a bunch of people and buy a bunch of tools and 
do a million photo shoots and all this other stuff in order to have a successful business. And I'm here to tell you that if those things work for you and light you up and are like the desire of your soul, you should absolutely keep doing them. But if your heart rate increased while I was describing these things, you don't have to, and you're actually allowed to stop right now if you want to. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So let me, let me like pause. Like what, what do you, like, what do you want to hear more about? You tell me. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I mean, as someone who, who, who helps coaches build websites and write websites and all of that, I certainly understand that. Um, what I think I've, I find interesting is with the funnel that you mentioned first, right? The click funnel, the billions of pages and bells and whistles and things and nurture sequences and lead magnets and pages going everywhere. Right. I mean, when you've got, that's really something that is super developed and you may Mm -hmm. have a funnel that large after five years or maybe six years. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think what I see a lot is coaches think that, Oh, we need to have all of these things right now, you know, and that's, that's impossible. It's completely impossible. And I, I love, I think I want to talk about more about the there is no like perfect marketing. I love that because for me, yeah. I'm I'm a copywriter. I've done it for years and I have typos all the time and who cares because we're human, right? Mm-hmm. And if someone really wants to comment, I actually had it once. I had someone comment and pick out two spelling mistakes in my copy, you know, and I was like, cool. I mean, Thanks for letting me know. Or sometimes people will reply to my email and be like, hey, you know, you spelt that wrong or you, there's a typo there. I'm like, cool, thanks for letting me know. You know, but people really think it's the end of the world, like something really bad's going to happen if there's a typo. And it's like I'm a writer and I do it because I'm human. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, but I really see that it stops people in their tracks from even sending out an email or hitting publish because they're that worried about a typo. Um, yeah, so I'd yeah. love to talk about that, like the perfect marketing, because what is that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that um, what you said, like leaning into that, like, yeah, if you have these materials, if you have this stuff that you've developed over time, by all means, use it. But don't let the fact that you haven't been coaching for 10 years, 15 years, that you aren't a current professional copywriter like Gemma or a longtime previous professional copywriter like me stop you from doing stuff. You can, you can start where you're at and imperfectly marketing is the kind of thing that allows you to develop the content that can later turn into freebies and, and click funnels and nurture sequences and all of these things if you want it to. But that's the stuff that's going to allow people to connect with you, to understand what you're about, to bring them in and that's going to allow you to develop that experience and that expertise and that content over time, because it's very hard to create those kinds of materials that, again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, but they're not required at the very beginning. The whole point is to start, and that's how you create them. Mm-hmm. And if we don't put anything out, if we don't post the post, if we don't send the email, if we don't create the, the worksheet or the tool or the infographic or whatever... Because, oh my God, what if there's a typo in it? Then it makes it harder (laughs) to do that stuff down the line. And it stops us from really connecting with the people who we could be helping right 
now, if we weren't letting our, our ego and our fear and our perfectionistic paralysis stop us from getting in front of people and really connecting with them. And I think that like that, um, that perfectionist paralysis that I just mentioned is like the number one thing that holds people back in business because they look at folks who are farther down the road and say, well, I, I could never do something like that. And no one will take me seriously until I can. And then they like knock themselves out of the running and minimize all of the wonderful things that they do already have, the brilliant ideas that only they can say the way that they say them because they try to make it sound like how other people say things. Mm. And like, we already have other people. We need you. We need it the way you say it. We need it the way you explain it. We need it with your style and your personality and your unique perspective. And if you're concerned about making it really perfect and making it sound this like special polished way and doing it how it's done, then we lose that unique quality that only you have and like nothing kills the business like killing all of your uniqueness that you blend in with everyone else we don't need to do that absolutely I love that and yeah it it is a big challenge because uh, I love everything you just said you know because we we spend time looking at others thinking that's how we should do it and you know it 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 just doesn't work that way and Mm -hmm. it's all about being unique like I my my first book is all about that like using you as your marketing strategy you know in Mm -hmm. in huge saturated markets which especially is coaching right now the only way to stand out is being yourself and so many people are, are steering away from from that because of the shoulds or because of the perfect you know but it's it's so true like it, it's the best way to market you as you, as being you, because that's how we connect. And there is no other you. And I know as cliche as that all sounds, it is a super challenge to do it. So many people are mm-hmm. so terrified of it, right? Yeah. Well, and we get a lot of messaging in what I, I kind of generically refer to as like Western culture. Um, And, you know, you and I are on opposite sides of the world, but it's sort of that like, you know, European base in many ways, the way that like business is designed in the places that we live, even though it's on opposite sides. So when I, when I think about it that way, like we are very influenced by, um, you know, like the industrial revolution and the advent of the assembly line where everything looks the same and everyone has their one very unique job to do. And it must always look the same. And a lot of our our education, both formal education and then sort of like cultural training are around these very narrow, acceptable ways of being. And so I'll, I'll give just a personal example. And I want to be very clear that this is a thing that I did. It's not a thing that my previous employer imposed upon me. I imposed it upon myself. I am 40 years old and I spent at least 20 years of my life wanting to pierce my nose. And I decided that in a corporate environment, as a young person who's also a woman, that to pierce my nose would be career suicide because no one would take me seriously. I couldn't have any visible piercings. I couldn't have any visible tattoos. You guys can't see me because this is just audio, but I have a pretty unmistakable sleeve on one arm and I'm about to start the other. I have a pierced nose. I have a pierced tongue. 
my hair has, you know, lots of colors in it. And I had convinced myself for many years that to do any of that stuff would absolutely destroy my credibility and torpedo my ability to advance in my career because I would be seen as some, you know, unreliable flibbertigibbet or something who couldn't be trusted and wasn't professional <laughs> and didn't have skills and whatever. Completely ridiculous. And at the same time, I have, you know, I've, I've built multiple successful businesses. I have two master's degrees. Like I was in my career with my incredibly supportive company, whose only comment when I started to do these things before leaving a year ago was, wow, your nose looks so good. Have you always had that? I just didn't notice. I mean, they were very supportive. They didn't care. But I had convinced myself that I couldn't do those things the same way I see a lot of my clients convince themselves that they can't post an imperfect selfie or tell a story where they're not the hero or share anything, you know, negative that's happened in their life or like post something funny about their kids or their partner or themselves because they'll be seen as unprofessional mm. and that people then won't take them seriously because if they're not perfect, then like, why would anyone want to hire a coach who's not perfect? But that it's like the opposite right? Because nobody wants unrelatable perfectionism, just like nobody who I worked with before wanted me to be like actively silencing and squashing and shrinking myself to fit into a box that I had made up that they didn't even want me in in the first place. <laughs> and so we'll like, we really kind of like shoot ourselves in the foot and like put mm -hmm. our, our hand over our own mouths when we hold these things back. And I, you know, I have really had to undo a lot of my own programming as I started marketing my business and to really just practice the skill of saying things the way that I say things, because otherwise it doesn't sound like me and nobody wants it. People want the girl who says fuck all the time. People want the woman who at 40 pierced her nose because she fucking wanted to, right? People want that because it gives them permission to do it. Right. And like your, your clients want to see and hear about the struggles you've had and how you overcame that, because it means that they, they know you can relate to what they're going through and you're not just going to throw them under the bus because they're not perfect. Like you are right. They want that. They want the real human experience. And when we stop censoring ourselves and filtering ourselves in ways that aren't true and intentional, then it gives them access to that real thing. And that is what will allow your business to really blow up because that is what makes it uniquely yours. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I love, yeah, uh, seriously, Krista, I love this so much. Like we've, I think we've lived parallel lives on opposite sides of the globe. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> because mine during my corporate career was exactly the same. I've always wanted to shave the side of my head. And I'm like, there is no way I could do that in a corporate environment, right? But for me, it would have mm -hmm. been very different. I probably actually would have lost my job. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mine were not supportive at all of anyone who's not fitting into a box, you know? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's it's just, it's so funny. Like it's, it's, we have really similar things there, but I would really love the most to hear from you personally, how you moved away from that being, you know, perfect all the time and, how you were able to start swearing in your copy and, and doing things like that, because it is all about writing to sound like you, right? 
And Mm -hmm. I know that it takes a lot of guts. And the the one thing, and I'm sure you'd know as well, that we hear from coaches with niching and all of that, and they freak out and like, oh, but all these other people will hate me. And, you know, and it's like, well, they're not your client. But I I would just love to hear your story of dropping the perfect and sort of being okay with, well, fuck, I swear, why would I not put that in my copy? You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a long journey. I'll try to give you the very (laughs) condensed version. So this isn't like an eight hour episode. Right. Um, But I, but there's one other thing I want to say, so I don't forget you mentioned like, you know, niching and stuff like that. That's like the number four thing that stops people is they're like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know my niche. I don't have my elevator pitch. I don't know my one way to describe what I do. And therefore I cannot market or sell coaching. Mm-hmm. And my perspective on that is if you have only one way to describe what you do, it's time to think a little bit bigger and have a little bit more fun. Like oh, it's one that. thing to say, like, I'm the give fewer fucks coach. But after that part, I have an infinite number of ways to describe what I do. And none of them is perfect. And all of them are perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, we don't have to like close ourselves into these boxes, but I didn't used to think that. So flashback with me to <laughs> say, I don't know, actually, let's go back to like the early 2000s because okay. there was, a, I was in it and then I came out of it and then I came back into it. So straight out of college, I got a job working as a professional. It was a medical editor at a peer reviewed medical journal. I was very important. I knew how to, you know, edit, uh, you know, like oncology, oncology drug names and spell them correctly and all of this stuff. Very fancy. I wrote a train to work. It was, everything was amazing. And at that time I was very like prim and proper at work. I was the youngest person on the team. I really wanted to be accepted, wanted to fit in, you know, all this other stuff. But I also was in the process of growing a freelance communications business on the side. I knew that what I really wanted to do was to be a freelance writer and to be a communications professional and to help other people do it too. So while I was working this job and like doing these things and like wearing the like, you know, uh, modest heels and the appropriate cardigans and shit all day long, then I would be going and I would be doing all kinds of other really fun stuff in the evenings, on the weekends. I started a blog and I was telling like the real unburnished truth about what it was like to be growing this business and what I was learning along the way. And I did all of my, my marketing organically. I never paid for ads. Like I would sometimes put up like a free posting on Craigslist or something back when that was like hot shit. Um, and I would like respond to those ads and I would go to like networking events and things like that. But like, I didn't like purchase advertising. I didn't buy lists. I didn't do any of that. And like probably 90% of my clients came from people who found my blog and liked my voice Mm -hmm. and wanted to incorporate my authentic voice into their brand or wanted to build a a business that was based on organic marketing with true, honest connection with people. Mm -hmm. And so my business took off very quickly. I went from like zero to six figures in less than two years. I was able to quit my job and go full time. And it was all based on just totally doing it my way, purely with my personality, cussing, all all the things, right? Complaining, you know, like whatever was coming up, it was just very real, unvarnished, unfiltered look at what was going on. And it was very successful. And then I decided I wanted to have kids and it was time to be serious now and get a real job with health insurance. 
because that's the thing in the U.S., yeah, <laughs> right? Like we need a job for the security of healthcare and all of these mm-hmm. things. And so I was like, well, yes, I can't live my life like that anymore. And that was a decision that I made. But one of my freelance clients who loved me was who hired me into a corporate job. They loved me so much. They wanted to bring me on full time. So they obviously liked my jam or else they wouldn't have hired me in the first place and then tried to bring me on. But I was like, no, you don't get the real Kristen. You get the filtered, the perfect Kristen, right? So I did that for 12 years and I turned off so many of those things that made me unique because I felt like, oh, this is a different space. I must fit into this space. And what I didn't understand was that that space was big enough for all the parts of me, but I didn't allow myself to take all the parts of me into it. And about seven years ago, I started to realize that the places where I was feeling frustrated and unhappy in all parts of my life were places where I was not being fully expressed as myself. And the last time that I remembered being fully expressed as myself was when I was building this business as a young, dumb, recent grad who was too stupid to know that it was like hard to build a business. So obviously I was going to be successful. And I was because it didn't occur to me that there was any other option, right? And so I started doing more and more of that. And my career started to really take off in my in my corporate role, but I realized that I wanted more of that in the rest of my life and that I wanted to go back to working for myself. And so I started working with my own coaches and therapists and intentional, like peer supporting friends who had been on similar journeys and looking at where I needed to realign things and where I needed to give myself permission to bring more of who I was to the table. So it was a really, you know, like kind of painful process of like covering things up with layers and layers and layers of protection. And then another painful process of slowly peeling back all of those layers. And one of the things that I learned from that is this idea of like finding yourself, finding your voice, finding out who you are, all these things. We're sort of trained that those things are elsewhere, that they're outside, that we need to go find them. And what I've discovered is that finding yourself is really just the process of peeling back all of the layers you've erected between yourself and who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. And it, it used to be that I wouldn't even let myself be like photographed with a visible alcoholic beverage in the picture. I didn't say fuck because women can't talk like that and be taken seriously. I was a Jehovah's witness for many years and that had a whole lot of other stuff that went to it, went along mm-hmm. with it around like decorum and, and behavior and what you can say and how you can dress and those sorts of things. So there were a lot of ways that I was silencing myself. And then one by one, I started to peel them back. And then I started talking about coaching and talking about helping people. And I realized that the people who I really wanted to work with were bad girls who were trying to pretend that they were good girls, but really just wanted to be bad girls. And bad girls say fuck. (laughs) And I'm a bad girl. And I'm allowed to say fuck too. But if I want to make it okay for other people, I have to make it okay for me. Yeah. And that, that was what really like put things into high gear. Wow. I love that. Can you believe that was the short version of the story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I certainly can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, that, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I love it. And a really good follow on from that. I'd love to know your your top tips then on how we can show up like every day in our business, like our way. 
Like how, mm-hmm. yeah, how can our, our listeners do that just to make sure that, you know, we're showing up as us? Yeah. So I'd say there's like a couple questions that I will ask myself and I've mm. given myself like a couple um, like criteria mm. for how I show up and I kind of run everything I do in my business through these filters. So the first filter is, does this sound like me or does this sound like me trying to say that thing the right way? And if it sounds like me trying to say the thing the right way, I throw out the first draft and I do it again to where it actually sounds like me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, folks aren't like, they. it's been a minute, so they don't remember what they actually sound like because they've been using other people's voices and trying to fit in for so long that they kind of forgot. So, you know, take take this analogy. If it works for you, leave it with me if it doesn't. But the way I often think about it is that I want to be raw. I want to be authentic. I want to be unfiltered. And imagine you're on the second glass of wine, but it's the second bottle. And you're about to tell your friend the thing you're going to write. How do you say it? Because it's not with, well, let me use these big words that are probably in like the New York Times crossword puzzle or something. It's like you just say like, listen, bitch, here's the deal, right? Whatever that the version of that is for you or like the first glass of the third bottle or the third glass of the first bottle, like whatever works for you, I don't care. But that level of like, I don't give a shit. Let mm-hmm. me just say the thing. That's what I strive for. So if it doesn't sound like me, it sounds like me trying to say it right, toss it and keep doing it until it sounds like me. And I don't mean this in a perfectionist way. I mean this in a let me just get all the throat clearing out and then run with it. Mm-hmm. So if it sounds like how I actually say it, that's the first check mark. That's the first criterion met. The next criterion is, is it as authentic as I'm willing and able to be in this moment? Or am I holding back something that I don't need to hold back? Mm. Right. Sometimes we'll sell kind of like the package version of the story when we're marketing the like, you know, once upon a time it was cloudy, but then the sun came out. That's not a good story. First of all, but like, secondly, there's a lot of other shit in there that makes it really relatable to people. And if we only tell like the sanitized version of it, that's not really super, you know, authentic and, and unvarnished. And we may be holding things back. Now, it doesn't mean we have to like be, you know, like walk around naked. Like you can edit things for effect and relevance and that sort of thing. But just notice the difference between editing where you're like shaping something from active maximum effectiveness versus censoring where you're literally silencing yourself in an effort to like people please or to be perfect, whatever that means. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the second criterion. Is it as authentic as I'm willing and able to be right now, or am I holding something back? And then the third criterion is, is this likely to help at least one person? And it's okay if I'm the person. It doesn't have to be the most earth shattering, mind blowing piece of wisdom since like, was it Newton who discovered gravity? I don't even know who discovered gravity. You don't (laughs) have to know shit like that to be successful in business. You guys, it doesn't have to be earth shattering, but it has to have the potential to help someone. And if I'm the person it helps because it was good for me to tell that story, that checks that box. Mm-hmm. And then my bonus criterion, is it likely to make some old white dude clutch his patriarchy loving pearls when he reads this? And if that, if it checks that box too, cause I'm fueled by spite, it's like extra bonus points. <laughs> But like that 
figuring out what your criteria are for what hits your metrics, what's important to you, your values, your brand, how you want to connect with people. I don't care what those metrics are. They can be the same as mine. They can be different from mine, whatever. But you want to know what yours are. And you want to make it easy enough that you could just like list them off on your fingers or on, an, you know, standing in line at the grocery store or whatever, because it will keep it simple. And as long as you've done that, it's good enough. Hit send, hit post, whatever it is. Doesn't have to be perfect lighting. It's okay if there's a stray hair. It's all right if you post it and there's something in your teeth. Don't take the picture down. It just needs to be whatever you decided your criteria are, and then it is good. And that is a that's a discipline to develop that because we're like, yeah. no, I should have like seven people read it and make sure at least five of the seven say that it's okay. And one of them might need to be my mom, or maybe I just can't post it at all because what if she reads it and it hurts her feelings? No, fuck all of that. You don't need to do any of that shit. You just need to tell the truth the best you can in that moment in a way that sounds and feels like you. And that is like the only thing that is necessary. And it is probably going to feel like absolute shit when you first start doing that, because mm -hmm. it is really scary yeah. to not have those layers of protection and rules and like made up boxes to check in between you and the rest of the world. But I promise if you hang in there, it does not feel like shit forever. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. And especially at the start, if, if it doesn't feel like shit, then there's probably something you're not doing right. You're not being true to yeah. you. You know, like it feels like it feels shit to be really honest until it really does you get used to it you know it's it's hard being your honest true self it, it's it's tough it yeah really is, it really right? is yeah it really is and I'll tell you when I was like piling all of these rules on myself it felt like death by being crushed alive it really mm -hmm. did feel like I was slowly being crushed mm -hmm. then when I stopped doing that it started to feel different. And then when I went out on my own and left my job and was just fully self-employed, it started to feel real different. And it went from this feeling of being slowly crushed to death to like being burned alive. <laughs> and like, if it's gonna feel like dying either way, yeah. I'd rather it be the like, feels like dying where at least I go down in flames. <laughs> at least I tried, right? Like at least I told the truth on my way out. I've like, yeah. I still now, I mean, I've been mm -hmm. doing this for, for a minute now and I still have some posts that I hit post and then I'm like because yeah. I'm like sure I'm gonna puke I'm yeah. sure the phone's gonna ring and like somehow I'm gonna be I don't know like deported from the country yeah. where I'm a citizen because I like made a Facebook post and you could see like a little bit of cleavage and I said fuck and like yeah. now I'm gonna be like strung up somewhere yeah. right like I'm just yeah. sure I'm gonna die sometimes and if you don't occasionally feel like you're gonna puke or die or the entire world is over you're probably holding back yeah I'm not saying like intentionally torture yourself but I am saying notice the places where like you could go a little harder be a little braver take a bigger risk and then learn how to support yourself with the emotions that come up when that happens so you can do it more and more and have it go from feeling like you're going to die for a week to have it feeling like you're going to die for 15 minutes. So yeah. then you can do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I absolutely love that. Oh, so, so much wisdom. So good, isn't it? And is it now I think about it, it's kind of a little, it's a little sad that it's so hard to be yourself sometimes. Like what has society yeah, yeah. done to us? <laughs> oh Made us gosh, all have that... to be the same person or like what the hell, right? 
Yeah. And it's really oh. interesting. Cause like, I mean, like we could, we could talk about this for hours, yeah. but you know, there is like, there is like real, like biological evolutionary yeah. neurological basis for the mm-hmm. desire to fit in, to conform mm-hmm. because it keeps us safe. And that's how we stayed alive for thousands of years of human existence. Yeah. And the likelihood of you being like cast out of the cave to be eaten by a saber toothed tiger in 2022 or 2023 or whenever you're listening to this episode is substantially lower than it was in 022 yeah. or 023. Oh, yeah. Right? Like it's okay if like your second grade teacher doesn't like your Facebook post. You're <laughs> not gonna die from that, even if it's really sad that like Mrs. Martin might be slightly disappointed by that thing she read right? Like, okay, that's fine. She's allowed to be disappointed and you're not going to die from it. You're going to be okay. The real skill here is like the criteria and stuff. Like those are details. The real skill is learning how to not be an asshole to yourself while you're growing your business and trying things and seeing what works. Absolutely. And uh, I absolutely love it. And on, on that note, can you tell us where Tell us where our listeners can find you because I'm sure they're going to want to find you after this <laughs> episode. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so there's three great places to find me. I am most active on my personal Facebook profile, and that's where you're going to find most of my content. And I am Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, Scove, S-K-O-V, like Victor, E, like Edward, King, on Facebook. I am also very active on Instagram and I have the same name on Instagram. It's also Kristen Scove King. So those are the first two. And then the third great place to find me is on my website, which is kristenking.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N. And now I I just want to say one one thing about my website. Um, About two months ago, I overhauled my website and it's fucking amazing. And I fucking love it. Prior to that, I made over $200,000 coaching with a shitty ass website that I did myself and hadn't updated in a number of years. So even though you're going to go to my website and you're going to be like, oh my God, this is the best website I've ever seen in my entire life. And her photos are incredible. I want to make sure you're very clear that this is the first time in my entire career of doing all of this shit that I've ever had a website that I paid somebody else for. And it's only been like two or three months. So I promise I'm not full of shit. Just want to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least if I am, it's not because of that. I love that. But like we were saying earlier, that it takes that few years, right? Until you're at that stage. So yeah, yeah, thanks for reminding us of that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But again, we could keep talking forever, but we do really need to wrap up. So tell us what is your final thought, key takeaway? What, What can you leave our listeners with? The best business advice I can give you is that the number one strategy for any business that is guaranteed to work for business and life is fuck around and find out. That is the absolute best way to grow quickly and to do it in a way that you love. Fuck around and find out. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to people please. You don't have to follow the rules. You don't have to make up new rules. All you got to do is fuck around and find out. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's actually my new favorite sentence ever in the world. So thank you so much for sharing that. With you are welcome. 
I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and being on the Freedom to Coach podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm so, so glad we got to do this. Thanks for oh, having me. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. Absolutely. So good. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Freedom to Coach podcast. Again, thank you for being here and everyone have an awesome week changing the mind. Change. Ah, there we go. COVID. And you know what? I'm not going to edit that. Changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.